Hello, this is the second episode in a special series of mini-sodes that I'm doing to help you avoid the mistakes that I see many make when choosing, starting and working with a designer during their home renovation or their new build. Now, if you haven't listened to the first episode about the mistakes many make when choosing their designer, then make sure you check out that episode. It'll be super helpful for you. In this mini-sode, I'm going to be sharing the mistakes that I see clients make as they start their relationship with their designer and what happens if you don't start your design process well. Now, you can grab a free PDF transcript of this and the other two mini-sodes, I put them all together in one bundle uh, as part of this series and you can grab that by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash designer, D-E-S-I-G-N-E-R. And I've got some additional resources and helpful links for your project and your team that I've included there. So check that out. Now, let's dive in. I begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of country throughout Australia. I pay my respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to elders both past, present and emerging. If we haven't met before, I'm Amelia Lee, and I've been in the architectural industry for over 28 years now, working on over 250 projects, including three projects that hubby and I did of our own. Undercover Architect is an online business to help and teach homeowners like you how to get it right when designing, building and renovating your home. And we do that via this podcast, the website and my online courses and programs. I want to demystify and simplify the world of renovating and building for you so that you can be an active collaborator in your project, driving your team towards that home that you're dreaming of. Consider Undercover Architect your secret ally, whoever you're working with and whatever your location, your budget or your dreams. So you've chosen your designer and you're about to start working with them on making all your home dreams a reality. It can be really exciting to be getting started and understandably so. You know, many people I speak to, they've been thinking about and researching their project for a long time before they finally choose the designer to work with. And they've been dreaming or having a new or renovated home for some time prior to that. If you've gone through the process of finding a designer that you believe is suitable and trustworthy, then you're most likely really looking forward to kicking things off and seeing what they can come up with based on their expertise and your vision for your future home. There can also be a huge urgency to start at this point. I find often find that even though a homeowner may have been thinking about their renovation or new build for years, once they actually commit to the process and they hire a designer, then they want things done as soon as possible. And there can be a lot of mistaken assumptions about how things will go, what the process will look like and what it's like to work with a designer. How you start the journey with your designer can make a big difference to how the design process will go overall. And so this is the second mistake that many homeowners make, how you actually start with your designer. How this mistake plays out is this. Firstly, if you enter the start of your relationship with your designer and you're not aware of what the steps at the beginning should actually look like, and they're not doing a great job of guiding and supporting you, then you can waste your time and take the wrong turns right at the beginning. You may have heard me mention before that there are four phases in any renovation or new build project, whatever your budget. These phases are pre-design, design, pre-build and build. Now, the steps that happen in the pre-design phase, they actually need to happen. And if you don't do them during pre-design, then they can catch you out, hold you up and even have you redoing things later in your project. And it's why the very first module of Home Method takes you through these steps and teaches you what needs to be done, whoever you're working with. And it's what you need to do or to get help design from a designer to do at the beginning of your project journey. 
Unfortunately, when homeowners aren't aware of this and the designer just immediately kicks off the design process, starting drawing concepts and presenting ideas without doing those important pre-design steps first, then you can end up spending time and money on a design that isn't feasible or isn't the best strategic approach for your site or your budget and ultimately isn't affordable for you. Secondly, clients can struggle with effective communication early on or find that their designer isn't a great communicator. They struggle to be on the same page as each other and they stay committed to a poor relationship and a process because their fee agreement makes it difficult for them to leave or they're too fearful of having a challenging conversation. The start of a design process can be like any new relationship where you're testing the water and you're getting to know each other and how you communicate and operate. So you shouldn't be scared to use that initial work with the designer to really ascertain that they're the right fit and the collaborator that you need, especially given how long the overall process can take and how intimate and important that relationship is. And you also shouldn't be too scared to speak frankly about the nature of the relationship. You know, frank and open communication is key to a productive and collaborative working relationship. And it's essential for a great design outcome that suits you and your family. Thirdly, and this usually happens because the client hasn't educated themselves on what the process can and should look like. And as it's new to them, they're not sure what to communicate and when. And so they're waiting for permission, for guidance from their design professional that may or may not come. When we think of all the research we do to get prepared for other big things in our life and the information that's available, by contrast, the process of and the steps involved of working with a designer on your new home or renovation project, they can feel quite mysterious and they can even be presented by the industry like some dark magic art. Now, lastly, I see clients struggle to trust themselves or their decisions at the start of their project. Now, when you don't have self-trust, it's really difficult to trust others. And that means that these clients will become wary of the designer. They'll mistrust and second guess what their designer is telling them. And making decisions and progress becomes really difficult. These clients will often crowdsource input from non-professional friends and family and free online forums. And then they can try to exert more and more control over the designer. And they design by committee and create tension really early on in their working relationship. Creating self-trust in a process that you haven't done before, it can be tricky at first. However, if you educate yourself and learn more about what's involved, how you can communicate and collaborate with your team and the steps that you should be taking, then you'll see evidence of whether that's occurring or not in the relationship you have with your designer and you'll quickly know whether you're moving in the right direction. And that will help you build trust in yourself, in your decisions and in the process overall. So here's some tips to avoid this mistake of how you start with your designer. Tip number one. Review the fee proposal in detail, including timing expectations and what happens at each milestone. So your designer's fee proposal is an important document that can act as a contract itself or it can be accompanied by a client designer agreement. Like any contract, you want to read this in detail and understand exactly what it entails. And this includes reviewing what happens if you need to terminate services early, who owns the design, what penalties, what penalties you might pay to exit the agreement and what you can do outside of your relationship with this designer. One of the things that I always found when working with clients was actually reconciling their time expectations with the reality of a design approvals and construction process. And this can be one of the first and most important steps that a designer needs to take at the start. 
In Home Method, I actually teach the importance of getting a schedule or a program of workflow from your designer with time indications of each phase and the deliverables as well. So what this means is that you should be shown by your designer roughly how long it'll take to go through each part of your design process and the project journey with your designer and then what will be drawn or delivered as part of each of those stages. And this could include information around your obligations as well in the timing for feedback and the allowance for client meetings. Now, Programs and schedules, yes, they can change as a project progresses, but it's super important that you actually start with some expectation of how long it will take to work with your chosen designer, how often you can expect to meet and what you're going to be receiving for your fees. Milestones are important points in your project that mark specific achievements or progression points. They're things like the completion of concept design, your approvals being achieved or your drawings being ready for construction. Now, review the fee proposal to see how these milestones are being identified and what occurs along the way and what the payment agreement is as well. Also review the fee proposal in detail to check insurances, what happens if you terminate services or need to stop or delay for some reason and who owns the copyright if you want to take the design elsewhere at some point. There are other things to review in a fee proposal and inside Home Method I provide a checklist for this. I also share some information about programming and scheduling work in general so if you are the kind of person who likes to have a visual representation of how things are mapped out and the timeline overall there's some recommendations on how to do this in your project. Now, tip number two, you want to brief your designer well. The start of your project and your relationship with your designer is so dependent on a good quality brief for a few reasons. A brief acts as a great document to gather all your wishes, wants and thoughts for your home design and your project journey and communicate them to your designer so you're all on the same page. A brief is also a fantastic vetter in the early stages of choosing and working with a designer. Inside Home Method, we actually have a brief builder, which is a template that I created to make it easier for you to put together a really comprehensive brief. And I've had members say that they've been able to dismiss designers that can't be bothered to read it. And at the other end of the spectrum, I've had designers get in touch with me to say it's the best brief and the best start that they've had to any project when working with a client. A comprehensive brief helps a designer give feedback on your budget, give more realistic timeframes and hit the ground running in providing you with the best guidance and advice. And a great brief also gives you somewhere to return to and to check in on to ensure that your design is moving in the right direction. Now, your brief is not a real estate checklist of the rooms that you want in your future home. It's much more detailed than that. And it's really about how you want your future home to help you live. Chances are, if you're like most homeowners, your budget won't match your brief. Your budget will generally be 50 to 75% of where it needs to be to, to achieve your brief. And so when you have a great brief at the start, it helps your designer see what you're really wanting and how that could be packaged up in an outcome that meets your budget more closely. Don't be scared of putting detail into your brief, information about you and your family, your hobbies, your likes and dislikes. Your relationship with your designer is a really intimate one where they really need to understand you and your family and how you operate and live in order to deliver a design that supports that to its fullest. You don't want them operating on assumptions or designing for a version of you that actually doesn't exist. The brief actually helps the designer expedite getting to know you and it enables them to best position themselves for your design process at the start. One thing I'll say quickly about your brief and starting with your designer 
many clients feel that they actually have to design the home or the floor plan themselves to then tell a designer what they want. You know, some feel that they need to draw up the floor plan to actually resolve what they want, to test ideas, and also to have some control over the design process itself. Now, if you're working with an architect or an experienced building designer, you do not need to do this. The idea of using a design professional is that they take your ideas, your wishes, and your wants, which can be described in words, pictures, examples that you've seen elsewhere, and then interpret it into the design that they're creating uniquely for you, and ideally exceed your expectations or what you could have come up with on your own. You know, that's the whole idea of hiring a professional to help you. Tip number three is understand how the budget is going to be set and managed through the project. So as you start your design process and then as you move through it, you're going to make decisions that send you down a specific path. And if you're making these decisions in isolation of decent cost information, you can end up with a resolved design that you love, but you can't afford to build. Because of this, it's important to discuss very early on how your budget is going to be set and managed through the project and who's going to be responsible for that. Your design professional, even if they're an architect, they are not a cost professional. So yes, designers who are regularly seeing their work turn into finished projects and they've done so for over a number of years, they're going to have insights into costs. However, the only true costing professionals when it comes to building or renovating are a quantity surveyor, a building estimator and a builder. And so you need a costing professional who's going to help you ascertain the cost of what is being designed. Budget should be part of every design conversation and especially as you start your project. If your designer doesn't have a proven methodology for helping you get good quality costing information along the design pathway, then you'll need to consider how you'll create this or be prepared for some reworking when you get costing done at specific milestones. Don't make the mistake of waiting until you have a highly resolved design to then figure out what it's costing. Don't work on square meter rates until your design is highly resolved, especially if you're building or renovating on a site with any challenges, such as it not being flat or having a bushfire zoning or another specific constraint. I'm personally a big fan of the pack process that we teach in my other business, Live Life Build, where you bring a builder on board your design team as a paid consultant to provide input on cost and buildability. And that has the benefit also of helping you get to know the builder prior to construction outside of a building contract. If you have wishes that you know will impact costs, such as specific inclusions or a lot of earthworks or a type of construction methodology, then ensure that that's being discussed from the start of your design process as well. It's really up to you how you spend your investment in your project. It's up to the designer to show where that investment can have the biggest impact on your lifestyle and home. It's also up to the designer to inform you if you have set a budget, when your decisions and instructions may be pushing that budget too hard or overstepping overstepping it and it's up to you to listen and to take heed if your budget is real and it's an important constraint. If your designer isn't talking about cost anytime they present design updates to you, then put it on the agenda. Don't wait for them to bring it up because if they're not talking about it, chances are they're not thinking about it that hard either. Now, Inside Home Method, I share a bunch of resources to help you start the design process with your designer. There's the brief builder that I mentioned earlier, which is an editable template to help you create your own comprehensive brief. It's great for documenting all of those thoughts and wishes in a simple way and also getting on the same page as your partner as well if you've had disagreements about your project. Home Method also sets out the steps your project journey should follow, which provides you with impartial information to test against what your designer is sharing with you. So often I've seen this help homeowners fill in the gaps or course correct or bring something up with their designer to assist the project in running more smoothly. 
An inside home method cost and budget features as a step inside each of the four modules of the online program. I have templates for budget management. Uh, I've also got bonus content that looks inside the pack process or the paid as consultant process in more detail so that you can ensure that you're not just paying for a quote from a builder. That's not what it is, but you're actually receiving helpful input that can inform your design and that that builder can work collaboratively with you and your designer as well. So to recap, if you want to avoid making mistakes when starting with your designer, review the fee proposal in detail so that you're acquainted with the milestones, what you can expect to receive from your designer, the timeline and costs along the way as well. Know what the start of your project journey can and should look like so that you know that your designer is guiding you well. Ensure that you're doing the pre-design steps so that you don't miss out on important information early in your design process. Brief your designer well so that they understand what you want and they can provide meaningful feedback and manage your expectations. Know how budget and costs will be managed and informed through your design process and get educated so you can trust your decisions, trust your designer and move proactively through your design process. Now, in the next episode in this mini-sode series, I'm going to be sharing the third mistake that I see clients make during working with their designer. As a reminder, if you're listening to this around the time of release, then be sure to join me for my free online workshop, Four Factors to Make or Break Your Project, that I'm running in early November 2022. You'll learn how you can make your project simpler and more successful, create a home that works and feels great and enjoy the experience overall. Check out the available times by heading to www.undercoverarchitect.com forward slash workshop. And you can grab a full transcript of this episode for free by heading to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash designer. I've also listed some helpful resources and links there that are going to assist you in your designer selection and in all of the various information that I've been discussing. As always, thank you for tuning in and for letting me be your secret ally. Until next time, bye. Bye.